Sports Memory Podcast. We're listening to some royalty-free tracks. I hope you're grooving to them. Oh, man. That royalty-free hits so good. You telling me I can use that for commercial purposes, YouTube? No fucking way. So welcome to the Sports Memory Podcast. This is your host, Drew Forbes. We just got a two-person show today. It's a little different. Me and Mr. Derek Black. Yeah. How you doing today, man? It's good, man. It's good to be back. Hell yeah, dude. So we uh, kind of all stepped away for a little bit. Derek especially. You know. What's the point of running a sports meme page when you don't have sports? Yeah, it's tough. But, Derek, there are fucking sports out there now. They are. We are on the precipice of, of live sports. Yeah, at least the rumblings of sports coming up, which is really exciting. Um, and it's just, well, when did the NHL proposal drop? Just a couple days ago, right? Yeah, a couple days ago. Yep. So today is Wednesday when we're recording this. We'll probably drop this tomorrow, Thursday. Um, but as of right now, we have finally seen the light at the end of the tunnel there is now a not only proposed but accepted proposal by the nhl to get started again in 2020 and if that doesn't get your fucking blood flowing even if you're not an nhl fan i mean jesus yeah i'm curious to see what you know it looks like the nhl will be the first sport back do they gain fans from this because obviously we're jumping right into playoff hockey and, and playoff hockey, not only is it the best version of hockey, but it's one of the best sporting events there is year-round. I've been saying it the entire, I want to say off-season. We'll say corona season. I've been saying yeah. it the entire corona season. The, the, the sport that finds a way to come back the fastest will benefit the most. Definitely agree. So um, you have kind of these marginalized, or whatever you want to call it, sports like NHL. Um, marginalized, definitely the wrong word. Um, but just kind of smaller. Realistically, you know. I mean, they're, they're a four, probably the fourth sport behind baseball. Yeah, exactly. So now's their time to shine, man. You're going to be the only show in town. Um, did you see any of the ratings from the Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning golf yeah. tournament last they weekend? Were, they were ridiculous. Extreme. Yeah. I, I, I saw that those ratings were through the roof. Um, the, the the Bundesliga last, last weekend or what? this week, Bundesliga, the the German soccer pro oh, soccer yeah. league, yeah. killed it. Tampa was like the fifth highest market in the U.S. Um, absolutely killed it. And people just want live sports; they don't care what it is. I mean, there, there was a there was a dark time where I was prepared to watch NASCAR, just because <laughs> <laughs> dark times indeed. It was dark times, but then they they announced that Korean baseball was was getting ready to start. I was like, all right, forget it. Never mind. Like, forget NASCAR. So we were talking about this for the podcast. How many how many Korean baseball games have you watched? Um, I have watched probably seven or eight Korean baseball games, which is is not as easy as it sounds because right. they start at like one a.m. <laughs> <laughs> So you're actually watching these live? Uh, I've watched three or four of them live. Yeah, you don't want to watch them not live. Then right. Your, your Korean friends the next day are going <laughs> to ask you, and you're going to be embarrassed. Yeah. Um, it's 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 entertaining, man. It's baseball. It's fun baseball. Uh, they encourage bat flips. Um, every team, it seems like, has a, has a guy or two that you recognize from a brief uh, Major League Baseball stint. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a few guys uh, like uh, was it Andre or Altier or whatever. He played for the Phillies for a couple of years. Um, he's just mashing home runs in Korea. Uh, Eric Thames was there a couple of years ago and, and like just broke every home run record they had. Uh, came back over here and, and, and you know, played with the Brewers and nice with the the Nationals again. Isn't that funny how you can be a washed up player and just go over and be a superstar in Asia? They don't. The thing is, like they spot their pitches really well. It's technically sound baseball, a lot of singles, but the pitchers throw like. 88. Right. So, uh, that's throwing heat. Yeah. League, I imagine. Yeah. It's a lot of spotted fastballs, good off speed stuff. Like some of the, the some of the curveballs over there are just like, just stupid. Who was the basketball player that was, he was like one of the most highly touted recruits. Stefan Marbury. Yes. Marbury. Yeah. He went over to China. Star. Yep. Killed it in China. Complete bust in the NBA, went over to China, and then he became an, an instant star. Yeah. Is he still playing? I feel like he's, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I, I think he retired. I think he's like 42 now. But he I played think, long he ass great. time. He, I remember yeah. he was like the main star of like that first NBA game that like let you play as a uh, play as like a career, like be be like the the main player, like a, kind of created my character. And you played through that, and you got to like pick your Hummer and like your bling mansion or whatever. What game system? Oh boy, I want to say like PlayStation Three. Um, that's pretty recent. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Maybe PlayStation Two. Yeah, because Marbury he's he's been out of the NBA for at least ten years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was it was interesting because that's back when he was like launching like that that star strawberry strawberry uh, clothing line or whatever it was. It was it was interesting. It was, I think it was NBA Ballers was the name of the game. So Korean baseball is kicking, but now we know that we're gonna have the NHL soon. Yep. How soon? Um, as early as is, is starting to condition for it in July. So I would say maybe end of July, it's looking like tentatively. It's, it's all to be you know, to be determined. Um, what the plan that they have is they're going to go to like two hub cities or, or maybe up to four hub cities where all the games are going to take place in the same arena. So it's only, it's only stadiums or cities that can uh, hold six teams at a time, basically. Without fans? Without fans. No fans this year. Yeah, no fans this year. Um, they said they're not going to start next season until fans can participate. So they're eyeing January 1st of 2021 as, as the next season. But as right. far as finishing this season, no fans. Uh, everything's going to be done in, in hub cities, and, and they're still determining that. They're trying to start strong-arm Canada into uh, lowering or making an exception to the 14-day quarantine um, because there are a couple Canadian cities that are being uh, considered, Vancouver, um, Toronto, and Edmonton. They're on the list of 10 possible cities, but right now – I think it's kind of a non-starter if they don't raise the uh, that quarantine minimum. Yeah, I was looking at the possible cities the other day. It's kind of surprised Tampa wasn't on there. So the reason Tampa's on there um, is is mainly because they can't accommodate six teams at the same time. They don't have the locker room space to have six teams in there and have their own space. Is that because Amelie Stadium's old? Or um, I, I just think it's the size. I think where they where they built it, um, it's pretty efficient use of space. Uh, the the seating goes all the way to the back wall, um, so I, I think it's it's more to do with with that. Well, either way, I'm excited for anything to come back. Anything. So 24 teams, and are, is it just going to start off just right into the playoffs? Yeah. So uh, the top four teams are going to play like a kind of a round robin tournament to for seeding whoever the top seeds are, and then right. the other 20 teams are going at it. So I saw I saw the meme you made yesterday. <laughs> Um, imagine that your sport comes back and they announce the largest postseason in your sport's history. 24 out of 30. 
Uh, 24 to 31. There's 31 NHL 31 teams. 31 NHL teams. It'll be 32 and and uh, now. <laughs> what a dumb fucking. Why would you have odd numbers in a league? They expanded one at a time because they were. I think they were unsure how to do an expansion draft. Uh, they kind of fucked up the expansion draft. It didn't go well. I did so, not even know that. That's so terrible. they're expanding again to Seattle. Uh, so Seattle will gain a team. It was, I think, it was supposed to be next year. I don't know that those plans change now. Obviously. I feel like a Seattle. Fr- I'm, I'm amazed. Seattle, I don't know much about hockey, but. I'm amazed Seattle doesn't already have a franchise. That seems like a great place for a hockey city. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm excited that they're, they're, they're expanding. If they're going to expand, um, obviously the 31st team went to Las Vegas, which is a great place. They, they, they embrace it quickly. Yeah. Um, the only <laughs> Stanley other, Cup the first year. The only other couple cities that you think maybe Quebec, and Quebec used to have two teams. Uh, do you bring back like Quebec City or like Oklahoma? We saw what they've done around uh, the Thunder or I mean Seattle's a no-brainer. So, um, you're a lightning season ticket holder. Yep. Um, were you refunded your money like immediately? No. When the league ended? No. So there was a, there was the option to, to refund. Um, but it was a kind of a short window. Um, but what they basically are doing is, is applying it to, uh, I'm on a monthly rate. So they're just applying it. Basically next paying season. A, yeah. Paying next season yeah. in advance. Derek's a Lightning season ticket holder. I'm a Viking season ticket holder. I'm already wondering, and we're going to talk about this in a second, but you know the NFL is pretty gung-ho about coming back in its full capacity. Um, I don't fucking buy it. No. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second, but I'm, I'm very curious. So the NFL has already, uh, they've revised their corona pol- policies multiple times. Um, I got to tell you, man, if they do come back full capacity, it's kind of putting season ticket holders in, a, in kind of a weird spot. So my thing is, you would think from a competition com- committee standpoint, you would have to make the lowest common denominator the rule for if you can do fifty percent attendance in in half the stadiums, then that has to be the rule across the board. Otherwise, there's an unfair advantage for other jurisdictions. At least in my my eyes, I think that's how they should do it from a competition standpoint. So at that point, like how do you, how do you select which half of your season ticket fan- exactly members don't get to sit there? You, it would have to be a pure lottery, and someone's going to get so railed. Like, if you're a Vikings season ticket holder, someone's going to get, like, the Lions tickets, the, uh, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're going to get the worst four. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you'd almost have to itemize it based on projected ticket sales. And then you'd have to do, like, groups. You're like, oh, well, technically, yeah. we're a group. It's like, okay, but you didn't buy together. You're not on the same, like, oh, no, but we're a group. Like, it would be a logistical nightmare. So, during quarantine, there's been some, you know, a lot of things are 50% capacity. Um, I've heard a lot of stories about Trader Joe's. You go to Trader Joe's, which is always like, you know, in this area, it's always so crowded. Slammed. In, in California, always slammed. Now, if you're willing to wait for an hour and a half in a wine, you get the most bougie Trader Joe's experience on earth where there's like five people in the entire store. But, so so I, I love that. Like, I, I kind of love some of these stores that are doing it. I'm almost willing to wait just to go into an, an uncrowded sco- store. That does not apply to me to sports events. No, fifty percent of an NFL stadium capacity is not appealing to me at all. Now, obviously, you know, I I I, I want them to do whatever whatever they think's best and whatever is best, but it's it definitely would take away. The, you, think about security going in. Are we socially distancing that line? Is that line three miles long now, dude? Like it's <laughs> it's gonna be that long for sure. Yeah. Um. I know. Me and my dad have already talked about it. Like, if if we have the choice, we might just. Jeez, if, if we could just, like, defer this year. Right. Because as a season ticket holder, you know, we, we live in Tampa. We have season tickets in Minneapolis. 
that's an awkward position for us because we sell most of our tickets. So the market, the demand is going to be way down. Yeah. It's, it's just a bizarre thing. So NHL is back. 2014 playoff system. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Do, do they benefit from this? Or so, do they hurt? Are they hurt from it? So the Lightning are one of the two teams that voted against um, returning. Mm. So so Carolina, <laughs> Carolina and Tampa uh, voted against it. It was 29 to 2. Um, both teams had different reasonings. So Carolina, their matchup lines up against the Rangers, uh, where they were already in a playoff spot. Uh, the way it would have matched up before that, they would have had a much easier um, path in, in their eyes against right. somebody that they match up better. Um, and they were they were already going to be in. Is but, Carolina the team that bounced the Lightning out of the playoffs last year? No, they're not. That's Columbus. Okay. Uh, so so Carolina would play the Rangers, who they they were zero and four against this year. So not a great matchup for them uh, as far as you know units versus units. Uh, so they were against it. They're like, honestly, it doesn't do, help our position, but you know what? It, it passed. We're happy it passed. We're ready to get back to work. Uh, Tampa had a kind of a similar experience. One, uh, they thought it gave an unfair advantage to uh, lower-seeded teams because they were in the top four. They're, they're in and clear. They're playing for seeding. Right. Um, they were, I think they had the second-best record in the league, not worried about anything. Um, but they think it's an unfair advantage for lower teams, one who shouldn't even got in, who are now getting to play full speed playoff series and they're going to be cold. So they're worried about getting swept again uh, and, and getting you know embarrassed by a lower seed again, which is still obviously fresh in their mind. And then also from, from a, a seeding standpoint, um, they just don't feel like it's enough time to prepare. I don't think the lightning are going to be swept because they're unprepared. I think the lightning are going to be swept because of the smallest team in the NHL. <laughs> they're, they're getting better there. They, they got, they, they did a lot to get better. Uh, they traded for, um, Goudreau, uh, and they traded for Blake Coleman, and they, they got a little bit bigger. Um, Who's the goon that plays for Marshan? No, he's not a goon. He's a he's a, he's a instigator. A little, yeah, little no, that's what that's what I mean though. He's he's just like a guy that roughs he's people up. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I feel like Tampa needs some of that. Though. Thirty thirty firsts of the hockey community hates Brad. Oh, Marchand. of course. <laughs> yeah, but dude, like you're a Patriots fan. Everybody hates Tom Brady yeah, 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 yeah. until it comes to your city, and then you love him. He, he's one of the guys, like, I don't even know if I'd want him on my team. I think he's that much of a scumbag. Like, Tom Wilson, scumbag, but I'd want him on my team all day. Um, and I feel like Boston kind of, they, they don't like him. They, oh, of course, they love him. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, Boston's a shithole, man. I, I <laughs> is a Boston sports fan, <laughs> Sam, is right now. I, yeah, I, I all the time, man. You'd be on Patriots, like, fan boards and, and other, like, I find myself mentally apologizing for fellow fans all the time. Like you guys are a bunch of fucking idiots <laughs> and it's, it's true. They're cocky. They're arrogant. They haven't, you know, they, they like, I don't know somebody yeah. else in my position. Like they've, we've been good my entire life. Nobody, uh, nobody knows how bad a team's fan base is than the fans themselves. Uh, we're actually planning on writing a series. We're, we're going to take our favorite teams and, and write why their fan base sucks. I have so much to say about why Vikings fans suck. For instance, um, we have some Bucks fans write about how terrible Bucks fans are, but to me, no, no one knows more about why their fan base is terrible than the actual fans themselves. I'm so excited. <laughs> I could, I could torch New England fans. Oh, yeah, they're, 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 I don't even know many. There's some really many. good, genuine people have been there through some hard times. Like my parents, uh, they, they, you know, they talk about the, the horrors, of like the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, sitting on metal bleachers and your beard freeze and all that. You know, we were terrible and like the Jim Plunkett days and all that, Tony Eason. Um, they're the reason why I'm a fan. 
But for me, like the first football game I remember was like we had Drew Bledsoe and Ben Coates. Like we weren't even that bad then. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Martin, Terry Glenn, the Brett Favre, Drew. Like Green. we weren't even that bad. The Brett Favre, Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, simple. I do remember parts of that. I, I was obviously young. I, I remember parts of that. I remember the Desmond Howard return, uh, which was conflicting because like my dad is from Michigan. We I grew up a Michigan Wolverines fan. Uh, so that was a really terrible, awkward moment. Like you son of a bitch. Like, but at the same time, like I love Desmond Howard. Um, so it's 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 definitely it's been an easy ride for us. I'm and I've been saying this for a couple of years. I'm ready for some adversity. I'm ready to yeah, to, to prove I'm to a real grind fan. it out. Yeah, I'm ready to prove I'm a real fan. Like let's suck for a little while. Well, we'll get to the NFL in a second, yeah. but I want to stay in the NHL for a second. Yeah, so we got 24 out of 31 teams. Um, you don't think the Lightning are going to benefit from this? What what team in the NHL will benefit from this format? That, that, I I got I mean, the say. easy answer is the eight teams who shouldn't be in the playoffs. Right. <laughs> See, but that's. And that's, I hate the proposal, personally. Yeah. Um, keep, just, you know, is it unfair? Because were there some teams that possibly were on the bubble so that would have made it's, it? It's especially hard in the Western Conference because the margin that was separating the last team that is getting in in this proposal from the, t- the team that would have been the last team in and under a different proposal is like five points. So we're talking, over the course of the season, we're talking like two wins. Um, or in in the NHL, like five like five overtime losses, like not even wins. They could have been more over, overtime losses versus you know traditional loss uh, or, or loss in regulation. So it's really hard to, to kind of draw that line. It's always really hard to draw that line. It usually comes down to a matter of a point or two. Is hockey like football in that like you need to kind of get your body acclimated to the whole? Yeah, yeah. Without physical of a game, it is. You see a lot of times there's a lag if if a team uh, let's let's say the first round of the playoffs. A team sweeps a team like they sweep the team they're playing. Right. A lot of times you'll see the first seeds not get all the way through because they just destroy the first two teams they play. They sweep them, then they're off for a few days. Then they sweep the next team or, or play beat the next team in five. They're off for a few days, and they play against like a battle hardened team who just played fourteen games because they went seven in, in both series. But they're like, physically they're in their prime, and, and they might you know burn out and, and kind of flame out after that series. But for that series, they're playoff ready. And this team has been kind of like off and on, just kind of hanging out, easily beating teams. You see that all the time. Now, obviously with the NFL, you know, you got like the Giants who have won it multiple times as the eighth seed, um, or not not the eighth seed, but, you know, like the last wild card team. That that stuff doesn't really happen in the NHL, does it? Yeah. So it does. Yeah, so I think it was uh, the last time it happened was, I want to say... 13 or 15, the, the Kings did it. So this could lead to a possible Cinderella story. 100%. That's interesting. And it, I mean, it's it's theoretically possible the 24th team in, the team that had no business being in there, um, ends up winning it. It's just, I mean... And that's kind of cool, especially for casual fans. You sure. know, like, everyone loves a Cinderella story. Everyone loves an underdog story. So that's kind of interesting. So, but, so much of playoff hockey is style. Right. Teams that are built to play playoff hockey. Um the referees swallow the whistle a little bit. You see a lot more holding, grabbing. That's why the Lightning did so poorly last year. They didn't have a team uh, who was really accustomed for that style of play. And a lot of it's just goalie play. You run into a hot goalie. I mean, that's what happened with, with uh, the Kings. Jonathan Quick got really hot. Couldn't beat him. Um, and, and they ran from the A seed all the way to the cup. Um, so 24 teams, though. So how's the format going to be? Are some teams going to get buys? Like, yeah, so the, how's that the, look? the top seeds are basically just playing like a round-robin tournament to determine who the top seed is right. while the other teams are beating the shit out of each other. So that's why the Lightning kind of said, mm, 
we don't know how hard teams are going to play in these seeding games, if they really care about seeding. Are they going to game it and say, well, we think this team will come out in, in, in the first round and we'd rather play them, so we're going to lose um, and, and take it easy? Do they not want to – that's kind of a variable. We don't know how those top-seeded teams are going to – how seriously they're going to take it. Um, but we know the bottom teams are going to be fighting for their lives. So those guys will be ready to play come round two. So do you, in your opinion, the winner of this – all is there a little bit of an asterisk there is it just kind of uh is it almost more endearing that they won given everything i definitely think there's a little bit of an asterisk um and and 30 teams in the league will think that it's kind of a cool asterisk though right it is and and it's like you're not cheating you're just you're making the best of a situation and especially with hockey so much of it's about the playoff so much of it's about who wins that tournament at the end so getting more people in the tournament in my eyes it's not a great thing, especially if one of those lower teams wins. Right. God forbid. But at the same time, if, if you're the 23rd team in and you beat everybody else, how are you less deserving? Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Um, I think it comes out of the East. If, if Tampa can figure out how to play an aggressive. Who's the best team? Uh, best, qual- like just top to bottom yeah. talent. Tampa has the most talented roster. Um, Boston's probably the best playoff team. Interesting. We are just talking about Marshawn. Yeah. They're gritty, man. They're gritty. They load up a lot of their talent on that top line. That top line scores nonstop. So their top line is uh, is uh, Pasternak, uh, Bergeron, and Marshan. So they have speedy wings. They score well. Uh, Bergeron's one of the best two-way players, if not the best two-way forward in the league. Uh, it's a really good line. They load up that top line, and, and they're tough to stop. By the way, if you hear a little cork pop, I'm drinking right now uh, Sexton Single Malt. It's an Irish whiskey single malt. Uh, probably one of the best whiskeys you can buy for the money. It's like 24 bucks for a uh, bottle. Really good whiskey. I'm drinking it straight. Okay, so NHL. Move on from that. Yeah. So let's talk about, speaking of asterisks, the MLB. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the proposal and kind of the reaction has come out in the last couple of weeks in terms of what the MLB is going to do and it does not look good no it does not look good at all it's i mean honestly to put it to put it nicely it's, it's garbage yeah it's it's the proposal is absolute trash um to me the the fundamental problem here is from an ownership standpoint we we think by estimate about a third of their total revenue comes from attendance and attendance events selling memorabilia selling concessions a third of the revenue the bulk of it comes from advertising. If you've seen an MLB stadium, there are ads in every space available and from TV revenue. Um, t- historically, took a look at the Tampa Bay Rays. They're typically second to last in, in attendance behind the Marlins, and they're like ninth in TV revenue because there's an old population down here who watches them. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're, they're always, they're always top in the top half in revenue, typically around nine or ten uh, when it comes to TV revenue. So, you know, what I've been seeing a lot in terms of reactions on, like, social media and stuff is I can already see these owners playing their hand It's my favorite well. trope. It's it my is. favorite thing that happens. People siding with billionaires over right. millionaires. Right. They're, oh, my God, these players. Yeah. And, and I think it's because they view people, massively successful people, billionaires, as people who got lucky. and But in a way that they could get lucky. Yeah. They could win a lotto. They could... Uh, inherit a bunch of money they could it's something that they could do as an average person with an average skill set being rich isn't an amazing talent throwing 95 is a talent they just don't have yeah. and they're not going to gain it 
So they see themselves more as the rich owner who can't play and is unathletic. The, you know, they see themselves as the Jerry Jones than they do the Amari Cooper. And I'm not going to pretend that there aren't other factors when it comes to seeing 100%. yourself in the eyes of, you know. It's your salary, right? So yeah. you're, you're Mike Trout. You're arguably the greatest player of all time. Top 10. You, 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 just, you, just, you just earned the richest major league contract that there's ever been. Yep. Um, now they're telling you to come back and play for such a fraction of your overall. What, 20% of it. Yeah, so $7 million I think you'd be 7. playing for. 7.84 instead yeah. of his. The, and here's the thing, too. It's baseball. They signed a guaranteed contract. Right. He could get hit by a bus and never play baseball again, and he would still cash that $380 million. He signed a guaranteed contract. So what's the like the, the fact that they were willing to prorate it and say fine we'll take a per game check on a per game prorate to me that that's already compromised like they've already met them halfway as far as you need to every time you go into a, a collective bargaining the owners always talk about well it's our stadium we're taking on all the risk here you, there there could be a strike there could be something like this like, there could be a pandemic they're taking on the risk and they're reaping all the rewards of taking on that risk with the the share that they have from a revenue standpoint. But now that the risk is actually here, billionaires are doing what they're, they're doing. They want to privatize rewards and socialize the the risk. They want to socialize the the negative or the deficits. But isn't it, so? It's interesting because you know the reactions are, oh man, uh, people in the military only make thirty two thousand dollars a year. You should be happy with your seven million dollars. It's this. It's always this relative argument. I saw you know? a guy arguing with Mark Cle- uh, Mike Clevenger on Twitter this morning, uh, talking about oh well, like plumbing, like oh if your if your pipe bursts. You know, you think that's a replaceable job. It's like, okay, but the fair market has said that you as a plumber is worth X. And Mike Clevenger, can you throw the curveball? Like, do you have Mike Clevenger's curveball? Can you also throw 97? Like, no, you're not the same thing. But that's exactly it. Like, there's plumbers and electricians that make over 100 grand. For sure. So, so like, if, if if I took your 100 grand that you worked a lot of your career to earn, and you're, and you're, you're a well-off plumber or electrician, and I said, you know what? Times are rough. You're gonna make twenty grand this year. So that that's the thing is obviously seven million dollars, relatively speaking. Uh, thank you, Lexi. You cunt. Um, <laughs> relatively speaking, so seven million dollars is a lot. But if you look at his overall salary, so people are like, "Oh man, you're complaining over seven million? No, he's not complaining over seven million. He earned a much larger contract, and now he's being asked for pay to play much for much less." For almost as many games, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like the 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 how they're scaling down the contracts mathematically makes no sense. And and the thing too is is the owners are negotiating from a disproportionately strong position because they want to open the books. They know what the players make. They know the players' books. They know what the 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 the, the players' association revenue is. They know cumulatively what every single baseball player in, in the league makes but they're not sharing their financials. They're not sharing what their revenue is, how they earn their money, what percentages come from where. So it's one side has all the information and then they're running this, this campaign there are a lot of players are coming out and saying, man, it's awesome that I'm, I'm hearing about the new proposal through social media because it hasn't even made it through our player reps, through our lawyers to us yet. They haven't even seen the proposals themselves and they're hearing about the details from Buster only. And this is a sport where the players have almost more power than any other sport. Because of the nature of their contracts. Yep. And, and we're, we're, I mean, we're pointing, it's a weird strategy if you're that, if, if you're Major League Baseball, because you're disproportionately affecting your highest earners, which are your most marketable players. Right. Like, you're going to go piss off Mark, Mike Trout? Like, 
Why? And not singling out Mike Trout. He hasn't said anything negatively about anything so far because he's like the ultimate, you know, vanilla white bread, like just plain guy. He's actually too white bread, he's by the way. Too, he's, yeah, he's yeah. So, he's like, dude, like too down to earth and sex nice tape guy. Yeah. or something, dude. It's like, like stop you, being so wholesome. You need to be more interesting. <laughs> it, it, honestly, he makes no sense. He's from Philly. He should be more interesting. He should be more fly. He's from worse than Philly. He's from Millville, New Jersey. <laughs> Which, very, very close to Philly. It's very he, close to Jersey. He grew up an Eagles fan and a Philly fan. But it's like, take Jersey and you're like, oh, yeah, Jersey. Yeah. Ooh. But like, strip it down a little bit. Like, yeah. make it more poverty driven. No. Like, it's, it's, it, he's, he's an anomaly. It's it kind of like, sense. it's kind of like Tiger Woods. When I found out Tiger Woods is banging a bunch of skanks, I instantly like Tiger Woods a lot more. Yeah. I think Mike Trout needs that. He's, he's too, he's too clean. He's, he's not marketable. Um, and honestly, if you ask like just a layman about Mike Trout, be like, hey, how how does Mike Trout rank in baseball to you? They probably wouldn't even know who he is. It, it's weird. Like he's 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 weirdly forgettable and yet so transcendent. And the thing about him too is, is again what makes him forgettable and, and kind of boring is look at his stats. He's outrageously consistent. Mm-hmm. And everything that you see on his stat, stat line, no, is it consistent? But it's a it's a logical product of something where they he came in originally stealing like thirty bases, hitting thirty home runs. And they said, hey. Uh, you're too valuable to us. We won't want you to hurt your wrist, your ankles. You can't steal anymore. So his bases dropped down to tw- down to like 2015, you know, opportune stealing only when it's needed. Yep. But he was able to put on a little bit more muscle, and then his home runs go up to 45. It's like everything's causal. He's a machine. It's like here's your input, here's your output. A Rod did the same exact thing in his career. Yeah. Where they were like, you know what? You can't be fucking stealing 50 bases like, a great. season anymore. I'll put on 10 pounds. Yeah. I'll play third base. Exactly. I'll have 50 home runs. Yep. <laughs> No, it's it's very interesting. So the MLB looks really bad right now. Um, I fully suspect that they'll probably circle the wagons and uh, pull back around and see what they can do. Um, this proposal is not going to cut it. There's no way on earth. But like what we were talking about earlier, if you can come if you can come back, this is this is an off season by the MLB that has been absolutely plagued with controversy with the Houston aster- ast- asterisks. Yeah. Um, and they're cheating scandal. I mean, they're, scandal. Getting, they're getting off so easy. Oh right now. God, they're getting off so easy. And all the suspensions are ridiculous. So the suspensions are calendar year. They're not game suspensions. Yeah. So they will go back, and like AJ Hinch will be able to manage again. The GM will be able to go back and, and be uh, front office personnel. Right. Like we're the people are gonna be so happy to get baseball back. They're gonna be like, listen, I don't care what Carlos Correa did. Well, that, that, <laughs> that's why I'm amazed. I'm amazed that you said, uh, well. I, I would be amazed if Houston players went for this uh, proposal because they'd be getting hit with baseballs so much with one fifth their salary. Yeah, I don't think Jose Altuve is going to go for that. No, that motherfucker is going to get drilled. And there's there's three that are like the most egregious like offenders. There are people that were involved. They you know you can look statistically see they have some weird outliers from a statistical standpoint. And then the ones who are just like the most smug about like no nothing happened. Like Alex Bregman was just so smug the whole time. Like no, this we're gonna be vindicated. This doesn't want anything. He's even like there's. You go back and you see those old press conferences under a different lens, and you're like, this motherfucker. Like the whole time was just like joking about it, alluding to it, and it, it's just it looks so bad. One hundred percent. And weirdly enough, Redick. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Who is a huge clearly a didn't even play that well even under the uh, yeah. You know, who, who did he hit two twenty with knowing what was coming? Like <laughs> so, the MLB looks 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 really bad right now. Yep. Um, MLB or the NBA? NBA. Yep. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie. Out of the three sports, it's actually the sport I want to come back the most. Sure. And, and he, here's why. 
Um, I think the Lakers were shooing to win the NBA Finals. Yeah. Um, after watching just after just watching the Last Dance, you know everyone knocks LeBron for his ability to win championships. I truly believe that the Lakers were just primed to win this championship. Um, I'm very bummed about it. Uh, I, I hope that the NBA can come back. What do you know about the NBA proposal? So it looks like they're going to be playing a 78-game a, a season, uh, which is a handful. What are they at right now, though? I, I don't. So that, Probably in the 60s. I kind of, yeah, I think, I think like they're in the, in the mid-60s. 60s, so I think, I think it'd be about anywhere from like five to like eight games per team, basically. So they're basically viewing that as a formality. Um, they're going to finish the, the season as basically a warm-up for the playoffs. So they're not going to the playoffs cold. Uh, get the strength and conditioning back up, and 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 then go into the playoffs. They're going to expand the playoff fields uh, to ten teams, I think, per conference, and then have basically a small play-in for the normal seeding seven and eight seeds. So that's interesting. Yeah, slightly expanded field, almost like like what the March Madness tournament started doing, where they're like actually instead of letting in sixty-four teams, it's up to like sixty-eight teams, but it's still only a field of like sixty-four when they start playing games. So we were talking about with the NHL earlier. Uh, with the NBA, it's a fact. I mean, if you're if you're one of the lower seeds, like the, I've never understood this about the NBA, why they have such a large playoff field. The eighth seed is never going to make a splash ever, ever. No, it never happens. Nope. Like you, you, you can go back. I, I, I actually don't even know. But it's just like a revenue know, pickup. What's the worst seed that's ever won it? I'll, I would, I bet like five. That's what I was thinking too. You know so what I'm saying? Like five. We don't know. No. Uh, probably not. Not gonna take the time to look it up. But or maybe maybe we will. But uh, <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. I was probably probably a five seed, maybe a six seed. Way back in the day, like you know, back in like the sixties, maybe it was a six seed. But in recent memory, it, it the eight seed doesn't do anything. They they, they maybe Ooh. make it six games. Hakeem Olajuwon. So I just looked it up. Uh, the worst seed to ever win a championship was the ninety four to ninety five Houston Rockets, a six seed. Six. Okay. Um, with the best center. In history, yeah, and uh, that was a really good Rockets team. But that was that, still almost twenty years ago. That's interesting. A six seed, what was seed to win the NBA Finals? But wait, ninety four, ninety five. So this was the season when Jordan left. Okay. Yeah this this was the season when uh, Jordan left to go play baseball. It had to be, yeah, right, because yeah. they they had two three peats, and the last one was in the ninety seven ninety eight season. Ninety to ninety whatever. Yep. It had to be. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's, you know, I, I never did that. So the uh, Houston Rockets, the sixth seed in 94-95, the lowest seed to ever win in the NBA Finals. But yeah, um, I, the NBA, I, I really want to see them come back. I hope they can find a way. Uh, weirdly, they're one of the most PC leagues. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I do. You know what I I'm do. saying? Like, because it's, it's very player-influenced. Player um, so I think that they're going to have to go through the most red tape um, arguably they're the league that ruined all of sports with what's his face who took the whole coronavirus as a joke. He was licking microphones yeah. and uh, I don't even remember who, oh, what his name is. Yeah, I do remember that now. Rudy or something like that. Rudy Gobert. Or, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so he, Pacers, right? yeah, he, he didn't take it seriously. And then like a couple days later he had coronavirus. Yep. Kevin Durant had coronavirus. Yep. <laughs> One of my favorite memes um, out there was when uh, Kevin Durant got coronavirus. He decided to uh, join up with them because <laughs> he couldn't beat it. Um, but yeah, I, I really want to see the NBA uh, come back. But let's talk about the NFL because they have some seriously gung ho plans yeah. that don't really make sense to me um, if you project them out. 
So if if the NFL were to just go about their current um, timeline, they would be starting in early September. Uh, that's just a little over three months away. Um, and they are talking about starting with full crowds. What was your reaction when you heard that? Is, is that just posturing? Or are they just are they just trying to say things that, that make them look good in the fans' eyes or like what's going on there? I almost yeah, I wonder if it's a hey, we're gonna you know, we're gonna start with full crowds, knowing that they, there's no way they will. Um and then they use that as a bargaining chip to try to get players like, you know, I don't know what they do. Do they try to claw back and prorate some of the salary? Do they I I don't know what their plan is there, but like if you're starting in September, there's no way you're playing with full crowds. I, I just don't see it happening. Agreed. And again, they have the same problem that the NHL has. Like they they have a Canadian franchise who's going to make the playoffs. What do you what do you do? I think the NFL because it's like the only sport out there that hasn't like started their season. Um, they need to come back just for the national conscious, like the 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 national just kind of mood. Yeah, I think they really need to come back. But with fans in the audience, man, that's bra- that's bold to just project that they're going to do 100% capacity at every stadium, that doesn't sound like it's going to happen. And there, there's no way they've done the logistical legwork to say that. Right. Uh, with every state that's in there, uh, every state that would be involved. I mean, New York City is, is in exactly. rough shape still. In California. Yep. Um, you, you, if you think that these states are just going to allow these teams to just roll out 100%, and that could create a very interesting issue. Like, what, what happens if teams start, you know, transplanting? two different states that would be so weird so i think what they're looking to do is is basically make a regional hub um similar to the nhl plan but only to have one hub and basically have all players and their families live in a bubble um in orlando around the, the disney's wide world of sports and, and play the games there that's a proposal they're looking at and they're they're already planning um in noted and giving notification to to players that they're only going to allow them to bring X number of family members to live in this bubble. Uh, so you, you obviously all the, the sounds like a bad reality show. All the all the people, you know, all the sports figures who who uh, have a little more leeway and their contracts let them to be have a little more personality are like, oh man, wait till all the side pieces find out that they didn't make the cut and just you know all of that, which is, is obviously funny. But you think Ceedee Lamb's girl t- <laughs> makes the cut? <laughs> no chance. <laughs> She would. She would not make the cut. I think. I think she got herself cut on draft day. That hoe's already gone, right? Yeah. I mean, had to be right, dude. Her face when he grabbed. All right. In case if you don't know what we're talking about, Google CD Lamb girlfriend draft. Yeah. Those are the three words words you need to draft or uh, need to Google. Um, he was playing on his phone. He had two different phones, which I think is probably pretty standard because you have one that you're talking to coaches and one that's just like regular phone. Um, and his girlfriend tried to reach for his phone, like like mid when ESPN was zoned in on him, and uh, he grabbed it away from him. And at that exact moment, CD Lamb's mom looked over at her and was like, "You skanky asshole!" It was a great moment. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was definitely a top five moment from the NFL draft. So the NFL gung ho about the full rollout. We don't really know if that's going to happen. Um, just a very interesting world we're living in right now yeah nothing's for sure that's that that's 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 the most bizarre thing about it is you know you you had these plans and you had these projections for how things were going to go over the next couple years all of that is in question right now yeah it's probably the most interesting time in the last several hundred years to be alive sure um 
it's 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 very interesting. We're not gonna we're not gonna go into that, but like it's just. I mean, I do feel like you know people who saw cars for the first time ever were like, hmm, this is the most interesting time to be alive. Yeah, there's definitely some other times that. You wait, know, wait, uh, what? The invention of like the car. Like, oh yeah, okay. Bug, yeah, like, right, oh right. wait, now yeah. now these Everything's carriages change. Now these carriages drive. Like, <laughs> where are the horses? But no, I, I definitely think this is. It's definitely unique when you mash together the the factors as far as. Uh, the technology and and the thing that is driving me crazy is like people aren't you're not your quality of life is not that affected, right? Is it is it really so bad that you're working from home and watching Netflix? Like, yeah, I think it's just the mindset. It is for a lot you, of people that you can't do the things that you used to be able to do. Now, there's definitely obviously there's affected people who who are out of work. You know, unemployment's high. Yeah, um, there are real world you know repercussions there, but cumulatively. I just, I don't know. I, I don't, it's, it's not that bad. So what, what's the, what's since quarantine happened and, uh, you came into the house with the quarantine beard, you got your fluffy, fluffy yeah. hair. Yeah. When, when's the last time you got a haircut? Uh, so I was already, I try to cut my hair once a month. I was probably already three weeks into that when, when lockdown yeah. started. Same. Uh, so it's, it's pretty rough right now. I haven't, so whatever, uh, quarantine plus three, three weeks is the last time I got a haircut. Which it grows fast and it's thick and it's it's you know, but I'm almost like past that awkward hair phase where like I'm, I'm I might embrace it. I might just I might just rock like longer hair for a little bit. Well, let me ask you a question. What what's been your favorite part of quarantine? Just your favorite part as an introvert. Yeah. Uh, the just not removing the expectations for me to not be yeah. has been great. Yeah. See that I'd take the exact opposite stance. <laughs> everything you just said, opposite. Yeah. I hate everything that's going on right now. So does every extrovert in the world. Sure. But in terms of just boredom, consuming time, like what's the best thing you've watched? Uh, so I, so so my girlfriend and I, we st- we uh, unless we get it like really on day one of a show and we keep up with it and keep up with the conversation, we almost like pretend it doesn't exist for a while. Let some of the seasons build up and, and start watching them. So we started watching The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Ooh, great show, and I love it. Yes. Like I'm I'm team. Yeah, you know, I, I just Uhtred is is amazing. Like the characterization's great. You can see a, a, like a linear progression as far as when they got more budget when it started equating to better production quality um it doesn't lag like it's, it's consistent there's no like thick plot armor like the, like we get it like Uhtred is, is you know he's the only one who has like that plot armor but it's because he's an exceptional warrior which has afforded him some exceptional um privileges and leeways for that period uh he's escaped what anybody else would have been killed several times because of the, his, you know, his abilities but outside of him like People are dying left and right. Like people that were main characters, like friends of his. Uh, I won't spoil it, but like you know, people close to him, like just dying everywhere. Yeah, if you haven't seen The Last Kingdom, it's it's a must watch Netflix show. If you're mad with how Game of Thrones ended, yes, watch The Last Kingdom. Yeah, well, we don't know how, but it's, it's got to be somewhat historically accurate, so it can't disappoint us too much, right? But it's a great show. It's it's basically about like a uh, a Viking. Um, well, uh, yeah. So he's 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 born a Saxon. This is pre-England. So there's still the Britons and the Saxons, right? And and the uh, the uh, help me out here. Who are the the Vikings? Who are the the, uh, the Danes? The Danes. So yeah. so there's all these different factions. You know, the Irish. They they allude to the French, um, but before they're known you know, as we know them now, and they're basically fighting over. Does, does England stay tribal and, and separate with all these different belief systems and, and pagan beliefs and, and Christianity, or do they become a unified England? And, and there are drivers who want a unified England. There are people who want to just 
pillage and, and, and remove the land, all the land's resources and, and just really a pillaging lifestyle. There are some who just want to be left alone and put barriers up. And it's all these different conflicting desires and principles and, and cultures determining kind of the fate of what is really a hub of civilization for, for, you know, Western civilization. I would say the primary theme in the show is, um, the clash of cultures between the Viking culture, the Dane culture and like English. Cause yep. like the Danes come in, they're the pagans, yeah. you know, uh, they, they come over and, and the, the English are thoroughly indoctrinated in like Catholicism. Yep. Um, and they're, they're, and it's how much do you assimilate? How much do you resist? Exactly. They're completely beholden to all this. Um, it's, it's just a fascinating show. If you haven't seen it, such great action. Um, it's so entertaining from start to finish. We were talking about it earlier. And like at, at one point you could tell it was kind of like an upstart show. And then it got like this big budget. So like towards season three, it starts getting so good and just like fully, you know, it's a big budget show at that yeah. point. I'm, I'm big like nerd when it comes to like production and, and, and like, I like movies where I don't like the subject matter from an aesthetic standpoint. Like, uh, what's, there was a, a movie recently with Matthew McConaughey when he's in space. What is that? I can't think of that movie. Interstellar? I don't think it's Interstellar, though. Is it, or is it? Matthew McConaughey in space? Gotta be Interstellar. Maybe, maybe it's a different one. I can't remember what it is. I'll have to figure Matthew out. McConaughey in space? Maybe it's not McConaughey. Maybe it's... Where's is Matt it, Damon? Maybe it's Matt... No, it's not Martian. I don't know. There's this movie <laughs> where I, I, I loved so many elements of it. I loved some of the shots were amazing. Like, just the elements were great. But like the story was kind of boring, but I still was like, that was a good movie. Like it right. was, it was, it was, it was a great, a great film. Like I, I made the distinction between like movies and film, like movies being, was it entertaining and film being like, was it a true example of the art form? Um, this show like tr is both man at times you, there's a, there's a, there's a, a one particular scene where all of a sudden it goes from like single fixed camera wide shots to like a gyroscope chase cam and I was like, oh my, like, I, that's an expensive shot. Like, we have budget now. Like, it was so exciting. It was at the end of a season. You're like, this is it. We're in the real, we're in the big leagues now because that shot alone takes two days and a ton of money. Like, <laughs> I was, it was exciting. It's probably the most underrated show on Netflix. If you haven't seen The Last Kingdom, go check it out. It's great. Um, my favorite show from Quarantine is a, I'm a comedy guy. Um, there's a show on Hulu called Solar Opposites. And if you're if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, you have got to watch this show. It's one of the funniest shows I have seen in a very long time. Um, if you like Rick and Morty, it's a slam dunk. You're gonna love this show. Uh, if you don't like Rick and Morty, uh, probably not gonna like it. But it's it's great. It's on Hulu. Definitely check it out. Very very funny. And I looked it up. It was Brad Pitt. I was thinking of uh, Ad Astra was the movie. Okay. Um, so yeah, the pacing slow. It's it's kind of a, it feels longer than it is. But some of the shots in that movie are just, they're absurd. It's a great movie. So what, what have you been doing to kind of like curb your competitive appetite without sports during quarantine? Uh, I've been playing a lot of MLB The Show. All right. Uh, playing a little bit of Call Who's of Duty. Who's your team? In the show. So it's Diamond Dynasty. So you like, it's your own creative team. It's based on like Topps card trading. Uh, and then you like open packs. It's like Ultimate Team? Exactly. It's their version of Ultimate Team, but a lot less uh, play to win. Or pay to win. It's 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 a, it's much more. You can build a, a really great competitive team without spending any money. Not saying that I haven't spent any a little bit of money on it, uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a, it's a fun game. It's the only reason I bought a PlayStation. It's the only reason I own a PlayStation. I own exactly two games. I own the show twenty and the show nineteen. 
So I have a funny story about Madden Ultimate Team without mentioning any names. Madden Ultimate Team literally ruined one of my college roommates' lives. <laughs> I believe it, man. When Madden Ultimate Team first came out, we were in college. It was probably great. like It was like 2010, I would assume. Like 2010 or 2011, one of those years. Um, one of my roommates got so into it that I would hear him playing at all hours of the night. And uh, I found out later that he had actually dropped out of school. And uh, people were asking me about it. They're like, oh, you know, so-and-so dropped out of school. Uh, why is that? And I, I, I told everyone, I go, oh, yeah, Madden Ultimate Team. I'd hear him playing it until like 5 in the morning. I love the concept, but the pay-for-win concept, like you, it, it just ruins any game. Does it not? I mean, I, I agree 100%. I hate microtransactions. Um, but I can tell you, knowing uh, our ages, I can. I was playing Ultimate Team back when he was playing Ultimate Team, and it wasn't back then. It was not play for pay for win. They they were just starting out, right? And like now, you get like a ninety nine overall player, like in the first month of the season game, because they want you to get more and more and more, and like your whole team is ninety nines. And there's some teams you just like look at their roster, you're like there's, there's no point of playing this game. Like I can't beat this team. Right. Uh, the AI assistance is so much, and the quality of his players can't win, can't do it. Back then, though. I remember I pulled like a 91 uh, Deshaun Jackson and I like. Dude, Deshaun Jackson was legendary in Madden for so many years. You couldn't play with, you couldn't beat the speed. He had 98 speed. And the next fastest player was like D'Angelo Hall with like 95. Or like Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm saying like defensive wise, like the only player, the only players that could run with him were like D'Angelo Hall and Taylor Mays, but you had him to use your Taylor Mays because he had the awareness of like a turnip truck. Remember in the early 2000s when Champ Bailey was just, oh, yeah. oh my God. Yep. Dude, Champ Bailey in like the early franchise mode of Madden. Oh my God, that guy was fucking just. That's back when I used to play with like actual teams, not just the, the ultimate team. Yeah. So when that uh, that Champ Bailey trade happened and and uh, was it Clinton Portis went the other way, I yeah. was like, this, this is like impactful to my online career. Dude, that was actually a, a good trade by the Redskins. It was, it was a, a rarely good trade by the Redskins during that time because that was when they were trying to build constantly through free agency. And the um, position was valued more. Running backs were valuable back then. For sure, yeah. Clinton Portis was a stud. You would choose your Madden team back then based on the running back. I played with a – so Madden 2001, I played with the Saints just for Ricky Williams. Because you could beat teams with just Ricky Williams. Dude, I remember there was a year when um, Michael Turner and uh, LaDainian Tomlinson were both on the Chargers. Yep. And uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. I think it was 04, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. That's the year I only use, I exclusively use Vic because they had, or, or was it 04, or 04, 04 or 03. Every time they added a new feature, the player that was like the reason they added that new feature was always overpowered. Like when they added the hit stick and Ray Lewis could like breathe on you and you'd fumble. Well, it was right around the time that they started adding fatigue into it. Yeah. And so you, needed um, two running backs. you could have two running backs and just run the shit out of it. And Michael Turner, dude, th- I mean, just think about that back. All right. So at one point, the Chargers had LaDainian Tomlinson, Michael Turner, and Sproles. Yeah. All three of them in the same back. And Antonio Gates. Can you name a better running back core trio ever? No. I Tri- can't. Trio, I'd say no. Madden application only duo. Uh, Chris Johnson and, and, and Lindell. Were, yeah. Were yeah. Lindell White. Fuck they yeah, dude. Sick. I remember you, that you, year. You couldn't stop. You could pound it up the middle with you, Lindell White. You couldn't and he, stop yeah. Lindell White from picking up two yards. Exactly. You couldn't stop him. Like if it was third and one, it was a first down. Dude, Linda White, there's a name I haven't heard in a fucking long ass he, time. He, it was hard to break runs more than like eight yards with him because they get caught, but you could not stop him from getting two. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
so we were talking about it. You know, we're kind of talking about things that we're doing during quarantine. You're telling me about this uh, Tops Project 2020. Yeah. And uh, I still don't quite understand it. I think it, it's, it's almost like Bitcoin. <laughs> what the fuck's going on with so, this? I guess, yeah. I guess there, there's probably an element of, of Bitcoin to it. Explain it to me like I'm an idiot. Okay. I am. So let me, let me start with the kind of the basic overarching thing here. So um, people... It's kind of a perfect storm. There's no baseball. So how do you get your baseball fix? And you can't go on vacation. You can't go out to eat. You can't. People have all this disposable income at, at hand, and they don't know how to spend it. And they're forced inside spending more time with their kids than they ever did before because their kids aren't allowed to go anywhere. You, you, you can literally tell your kids, hey, you can't go to so-and-so's house because we don't know where they've been, and they might have you know coronavirus, and we're not passing it around. So people are, are getting back into some things that they liked when they were kids. And, and baseball card collecting right now is like, it's insane. It's, it's exploding through the roof and they already had planned this tops 2020 project at the same time. So are these real cards. Yeah. Real baseball cards, real physical baseball cards. Uh, but if you look at something like, so, so Mike Trout's 2001 tops update card. So when he came up, everybody knew he was good, but there were still people who were really suspicious of him because he played baseball in New Jersey. And there's a negative stereotype about people who play in colder climates is it a lack of competition that makes them look better than they are? Or are they really the real deal? So his his card comes out tops 2011. Baseball card baseball card collecting is kind of slow from like the junk wax days, which is when they had overproduction and nobody was collecting because the cards weren't worth anything. Um, the card companies weren't telling consumers how many cards they were printing, and in actuality, their cards were useless and, and had no value because they were mass producing these things. So. So the tops 2001 update card, because there's a certain amount of rarity, uh, goes from about $600 pre-quarantine to they've now steadily been climbing. They're over $3,000 a card right now. So that's just kind of gives you a scale of, of what's happening with the hobby. I, th I find it very interesting. It's something that, you know, baseball cards are not some anything new. They were no. probably the biggest in the 80s. They got huge in the 90s. Yep. Um, they've had cycles. And it seems to be about every 20 years that they, they pick back up. Um, but right now, if you go to a, like a target, the, the, the retail product that's on the shelves right now, the, the newest release is Bowman 2020, a Bowman 2020 blaster box retail. If you can find it at target goes for $19. They're reselling online anywhere from 40 to $60. People are literally just going into a target, buying out everything on the shelf and then posting them on eBay. And that's the, the supply and demand right now is, is that crazy where people are making a fortune. So then comes this, this tops 2020 project. So this is something that was already pre-planned. The timing ended up working out really well, but they took 20 of the, the most iconic baseball cards of all time uh, in the modern era. So players that you would have watched. So like Frank Thomas's rookie card, Mark McGuire's A's rookie card. Well, some people contend it's not his real rookie card, but it's his 87 tops card. Uh, he's kind of like hunched over um, when he's with the A's. The, the Trout update card that we were just talking about, um, the 93 Ichiro card with him playing right field kind of like softly throwing in the ball. There, there's some really like, iconic cards, Frank Thomas on a knee, all this stuff. So um, they took 20 cards and 20 kind of crossover artists. So people ranging all the way from Blake Jameson, uh, who does a lot of like graffiti and, and street style art, a lot of drip paint, things like that. So really cool kind of conceptual artists um, to people like Ben Baller, whose background previous to this was like in sneaker design and uh, he was like the 2017 jeweler of the year. So that's his background. So they all have their different styles. There's some that are more cartoony, some are more conceptual. 
all 20, all 20 artists making all 20 cards. So 400 cards total. Uh, we're right now we're on card like 90 in the series. They release every day two a day uh, and they overlap a day. So they're out for 20 for 48 hours. They started off doing print runs. Basically everybody that wanted to buy them in a 48 hour period could buy them. You buy them directly from tops for $20 uh, and then tops would print however many were purchased in that 20, in that 48 hours and then they're gone forever. So some of the earlier print runs were like 1100, 1300, 2000. Uh, the print run that ended today, which is a Keith Shore kind of a cartoony looking uh, Ken Griffey Jr. card, it had a print run of like 99,000 cards. Out of all the things that I thought would come back during COVID trading cards, it's remarkable, man. Very interesting. The, like the, so Ben Baller. If uh, you're on that train, Roll it out now, because I don't know how long that's going to last. There's definitely, the it's it, the it's starting to, you can see it showing signs it's going to start to burst. Oh, for sure. There's a couple, tra- like, really landmark. Uh, We're talking about it's like the new Bitcoin. There's a couple landmark collaboration combinations, certain artists pl- doing a certain player that are still out there that I think are going to be what breaks the bubble. Um, Blake Jameson has a trout that's coming out next week. Um, we still haven't seen Ben Baller do the Jeter or the, the Griffey, which I think is going to be crazy. <laughs> crazy uh but i mean I, I think a quarter million print run is not out of the question here and that we're, we're seeing a lot of people cross over so it's, it's people who can't buy sneakers right now because there's no sneaker production who are sneaker collectors and we know how much money is spent on that hobby it's people who these artists have an art background and instead of buying you know paintings and, and you know 10 by 10 paintings they're buying baseball cards um, and the artists are really doing a lot to drive it on social media. They're signing cards. They're doing. There's a lot of engagement around it, um, and the and the hype is just, it's continuing to grow. And now some people are seeing the opportunity to maybe flip cards, and we're seeing a little bit of you know some artificial money enter. Um, but it's 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 a crazy time, and it's it's curious to see how many people stick around, like have crossed over from other areas. It sounds to me like something that will be fleeting. Very much. And people will fatigue. Yeah. And, and for um, sure. Tops right now. Remember, is, remember how big Tiger memes or t- Tiger King was yeah. just like a month ago? Yeah. But like Tops. Nobody is, fucking talks about that anymore. Tops has a limited production uh, capabilities right now. They're working on a skeleton crew. So some of these, there's taking them like months. It's going to take them months to start turning around these cards. But, and there's 400 of them. We're only a quarter of the way through. But isn't that interesting? Like, imagine being a fad as a card company. When you you've been around for decades, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like when you're fad and you're you know the Tiger King craze came and went, it's like gone already. So the interesting thing that's going on too is they also release their their T206. So every 20 years they bring back like this the T206 series, which is those old tobacco cards. Um, that's the series or the set that had that Honus Wagner that's so famous and like card collecting or collectibles that famously sold for like 2.1 million dollars. Um, so the, it's a re-envisioning of that. So like with with both historical Hall of Fame players like Babe Ruth, Tony Gwynn, but also active players like Mike Trout. Um, that's happening at the same time, kind of quietly under the radar. No one's really paying attention to it. I could see that having a huge second secondary market spike. Um, it's definitely an interesting. And to your point, like this is tops and, and trading cards have went in and out of kind of the, yeah. the consciousness uh, repeatedly over over time. Who's the top CEO right now? No idea. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. He is fucking rolling in it right now. Well, I mean, if you think about it, so they're selling the cards primary market for twenty dollars. They just printed a hundred. They just sold a hundred thousand cards today. It's crazy, man. <laughs> it's it's just what a weird time. Yeah, trading cards are coming back. Yeah. Like that's that's two, that's, two that's the world we live in. Over cardboard. So, 
I want to touch on some NFL news. Yeah. Um, Dak Prescott. The situation gets more and more interesting by the day. Obviously, you know, they, they brought in Andy Dalton, and we really haven't addressed that in any of our podcasts yet. That, that's that's very interesting. Um, they got him at a really good price. Andy Dalton is not a great starting quarterback. He's a really good backup quarterback. So I think it was, I think it was a really good signing by the Cowboys. But what's going on with Dak? Like, what are your thoughts on Dak? Like, is is he just done in Dallas? Like, what the fuck is going on? It, it almost seems like a foregone c- conclusion that he's never going to be resigned. He's not going to be the Cowboys quarterback going forward. We're talking about a fourth round? Fourth round. Fourth round pick who obviously made a huge splash his rookie year. But how many fourth round picks think they should be fourth round picks? Zero. Yeah. I mean, my favorite fourth round pick in the league currently is Daniel Hunter. Right. Probably the best defensive end in the game. One of the best defensive ends in the game, certainly. Depends what position uh, Aaron Donald wants to play today. But, like, you can't doubt Daniel Hunter's skills. No, he's amazing. Everybody doubts Dak's skills. Like, it's so bizarre. It's a a really subjective... Um, it's a really subjective position. I mean, there's still people who, yeah. who swear that Tom Brady was a product of a system and isn't that good. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. But Dak Prescott, like, it, 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 so they've already signed Amari Cooper. Signed him five years, $100 million deal. Great deal. Uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott signed him, highest paid running back in the league. Um, to me, that's the nail. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a, it's a big chunk of money. Ezekiel Elliott's not the best running back in the league. Nope. So him being the highest paid player in the league means you've now disproportionately paid a position. Right. So you can't do it twice. Would you, I mean, is Ezekiel Elliott, is he kind of overrated? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think, so he he, he starts his, his career behind the best line in football period. Yes. He has not played the last couple of seasons behind one of the best footballs, lines in football. Um. He's really good. He does everything. He, he catches the he's ball really well. good. But he's a guy too. His off field risk is really high. So you talk about like risk reward. How much capital you're going to tie up into a guy? Like I'm not even talking about off field risk. This season they're just he, better running backs. Than he, him. he had everything going for him this season. Yeah, everything going for him this season, and he was markedly average. Yep. Um. So so that that concerns me. Uh. I loved Ezekiel in college. I thought he was going to be a transcend. I honestly, to be honest. When he came out, I loved him like I loved like Adrian Peterson. There's been like some top recruits that have come out that I have been super excited with. Ezekiel, he performed and he did everything I thought he would his first couple seasons. Last year, what what happened there? I I honestly really don't even know. No. Um, But I do wonder what the Cowboys are fucking doing right now. Because they could have easily played last offseason in the reverse, where you sign Dak Prescott to whatever deal he wanted. You leave Ezekiel Elliott kind of out there. I mean, the Cowboys have had an uncanny ability to kind of summon these crazy good running backs over the last couple of years. You know, Marion Barber, uh, uh, Felix Jones. But a product of it is, is the way they've constructed their offense with, Strong exactly. offensive line They play. always have good offensive line yeah, play. So why prioritize the running back before your know. quarterback? I don't know. And this is one of the few things that I've ever agreed with Stephen A. Smith, which is that if you don't believe that Dak Prescott is that good, I agree with you. I don't think he's all that good. I think, I think he's the middle. 
Middle of the NFL. Exactly. But when you have teams like the Vikings who are paying guys like Kirk Cousins $33 million a year, right? And you can't summon that same amount for Dak. To me, uh, Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott, very much the same guy. Um, Consistently average, you know, like uh, capable with the football. They don't do a lot of turnovers. Um, They're very similar players in a weird way. But the fact that they decided to pay Ezekiel Elliott prior to Dak, and then they also opted to pay Amari Cooper, is just very bizarre to me. And I wonder very much where that franchise is going. Yeah, I, I just I'm, I'm with you there. Um, and unfortunately, the quarterback position in the NFL, um, because of how important it is, isn't somewhere where you get the luxury of, of typically paying a guy market value. Right. You can't go to a guy and say, hey, you're the 15th best quarterback. We're going to pay you the 15th you know, most in, in, in average annual salary. It doesn't work because somebody else out there is in a worse quarterback position than you and willing to overpay. Who wins the NFC East this year? NFC East this year. I. How hard of a question is that? It's, it's hard. Isn't that bizarre how weirdly hard that is? Because you have some guys that have been kind of drafting decently, like the Redskins, you know, the the, the Giants, some up-and-coming teams, and then you have teams like the Cowboys that have so much turmoil going on off the field. Like, who wins that division right now? I don't trust the Cowboys. I don't I don't trust their defense as a whole. Uh, I think they played kind of above their, their weight last year. Um, I, I think I almost want out here. The, yeah, I think it's the, hard. I think it's the, one of the hardest questions. I don't know what the Eagles' quarterback situation is. I don't know if they trust Wentz's health. Um, they don't. I, I've heard that clearly. They, I, I heard that they they who are they? Uh, they just drafted a second quarterback uh, in the Jalen Hurts, right? They just drafted a, a second round quarterback. Yeah. like they they do not it was, have it, any faith. It was Hurts. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Hurts, and they the and round. they have uh, they've already said that they did not draft him to be a backup. So if you had to you had to call right now, Eagles who's Eagles? I had to Eagles. Um, the Giants are close, I think. See, weirdly, I'm, even though they had a, the a, the worst offseason last season, I'm going the Cowboys. Okay. Um, in in a, in a weird way, I I think. Well, that do they, you think Dak Dak Prescott's a quarterback? Yes. Okay. For so sure. That's different. So not, yeah. I don't think he is. So I'm not picking the Cowboys. Um, with Dak, I think they do. I I, I agree. But I don't think he. I, I I think they found find a way to to kind of break that up. You think they're moving on, Andy Dalton? I mean, Jerry Jones has come out and said that you don't win football games by paying your. I mean, something that we've, you know, like people have written, we've written articles about. Yeah, you can't disproportionately pay your quarterback X percent of of the the overall team salary and be competitive, and that's what Dak's asking him to do. So you're taking the Eagles. I'm taking the Cowboys. NFC South. NFC South. This is a very tough choice. NFC South, um, going. I'm going to take the Saints. Um, most pe- most the most pieces that are still intact. They had a good defense last year. Um, I don't think Tom has much left in the tank. I don't. I don't think there's much left there. To be completely honest, uh, Gronk. Everybody's all excited about Gronk, but uh, I don't know if they've seen pictures of Gronk lately. There's he doesn't have the f- the physical capabilities to be Gronk. Right. Uh, he, he's going to be very good still. He'll still probably be, I mean, honestly, I, I think Gronk off the street, 20, 30 pounds lighter is probably still a top half as far as tight ends and, and, and where he'll be rated, you know, pro f- football focus, all that stuff. Um, but he's not the same. And I can't wait. I'm really excited for Mike Evans to get exposed. 
when you have a quarterback, it's not going to be thrown well and deep, but it's going to be on target. And people are going to see how terrible his hands are. He's gotten by for a long time with some inaccurate quarterback play, uh, making some some opportune catches uh, on some. He doesn't run a lot of the routes in the tree, and he's going to get exposed. He's very, I think, very very overrated. I agree uh, with that. Chris Godwin is is it the real deal. He's yeah. he's a stud, but I just I don't think their defense is good enough. Their secondary is they had the best rookies in the league, but if you take them and say, okay, let's remove that, that qualifier of being rookies and just compare them how the quality of, of the team is, which is all that matters. It doesn't matter how good you are for a rookie. Uh, do you get the job done or not? Their defense is bad. Um, and I don't, <laughs> I weirdly lost a lot of, of faith in Bruce Arians last year. Um, I don't think, I don't, I don't think he's kind of the, yeah. I don't think he's quite the guru that everybody thought he was. Me too. Well, bet. Yeah. I still, I still weirdly love, Bruce Arians. I love everything about him. I mean, I love him like I like Andy Reid. Uh, but until this last year, I, I, I didn't think Andy Reid could get it done. So, with that in mind, I thought that was a good transition. We're going to start just calling some random Bucks fans and asking their opinion about the season. Um, so, here we go. The worst Bucks fan I know right now. Not even going to tell you who it is. They don't know we're calling them, by the way. I think that's my favorite. It's fully random. Hey, what's up, buddy? Brando. Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> what's going on? Hey, so you're live on the podcast. You are live on the Sports Memory Podcast. Live on the cast. Man, right. I feel so good. That's right. <laughs> so we have Mr. Brando on the line. Uh, Brando is actually originally from Minnesota. Is that correct? That is. Yep. So originally, I'm Will from, if you if you need to paint a picture of what uh, this this voice sounds like, or, or when you put a, a kind of a body to it, um, if you've watched Game of Thrones, we talked about that earlier. Think of Benjamin Stark. Yeah, Benjamin Stark with a man bun. <laughs> yep, with a man bun and a pension for racially ambiguous. Cocktails. Yes, very <laughs> racially ambiguous. Yeah. It's Native American. <laughs> so, Brandon, we were just talking about the Bucks. We want to ask you about the Bucks again. You're on the Sports Media Podcast. Brandon is a blood member of the sports memory and we did not tell him we're going to call him today. So Brandon, uh, just off the cusp, what are the, what are the bucks going to do this year? What's the record? Mm, record off the cusp, 10 and six. Oh, say, I just want to remind you, they play 16 games in the NFL, 10 and six. Okay. <laughs> and That's actually pretty realistic. So do you think they win six. the division or who wins the division? Uh, I think it's going to be really close between the Saints and the Bucks. Okay. Two for two. Okay. Damn. You're being weirdly realistic right now. All right. All right. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about one Thomas Patrick Edward Brady? Brady. I'm sorry. Can you, I'm actually at the store right now. What, uh, do you, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Brady, bitch? Dude, I'm kind of about it, man. You about kinda it? I'm about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So previous to this offseason, did you hate Tom Brady? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think I've ever really. You're not much of a hater. So yeah, I'm not really much of a hater. I'm kind of a lover, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but guys, uh, I do love you, and thank you for calling me. Uh, you guys cast on, and I gotta bid you adieu. Right, but uh, thanks, Jeff, for calling, and I'm happy to check in with you guys. Thank Adieu-tune. you, bro. Thank you. Love you, man. Bye. All right. So who's next? Let's. Let's let's call him the next Bucks fan on our list. 
And this is probably my most excited member that we're going to bring on. Hopefully he picks up. Yo's. What's up, bros? Yo, Joe's just uh, watching some show about uh, people smuggling cocaine in the United States. Very yeah. cool stuff. Very nice, bros. <laughs> Heroes. Well, uh, hey, man, you are live on the Sports Memory Podcast. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ambushed. Ambushed. Well, I'm glad we're talking about drugs then. That's right. <laughs> well, we, we, we want to talk to you about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because we were just talking to him about them. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about them Bucks with their new shiny squad. Yeah, so with everything going on for the Bucks right now, as a Bucks fan, what are your expectations for the season? Ah, well, I am slightly optimistic for a above average season for the Bucks, which above average would be I would say a good uh maybe ten and six season with the shiny new weapons that they have. Um Although Jameis Winston had a solid arm, he was also very inconsistent. So I would, uh, I would predict a better than average, but uh, you know, trying to stay somewhat pessimistic. I'm not a person that's going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl just yet. And uh, and uh, yeah, um, hold on one second. I tell my wife that yeah, the, <laughs> the, 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 the ice cream is different between the two that I that I just bought them. So yep. one's Cracker Jack and the other one's salted caramel, baby. Yeah. This um, is the beauty of calling people impromptu is they have not prepared. No. <laughs> I, I could I feel a pause coming. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm preoccupied on what I'm getting ready to mm. also say. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really glad I took this call because now I'm in trouble with my wife. But I can Yeah, your- Abby! So 10 and 6, huh? Why are you being so realistic? Oh. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm real, man. I'm okay. being, I'm being so real because. So do you, do you think ten and six is good enough to win the NFC South this year? Ooh, um, no, I do not. Um, I think the Saints uh, have a really, really good chance of. Um, actually, they, they're my front runner of winning the division. Um, I still think they have all the tools. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara had a down season. I think he'll improve. Uh, Drew Brees is still Drew Brees uh, with a solid backup uh, in Taysom Hill as well as Jameis Winston. So, I mean, I think they're going to make their final run um, and and really take that division. Carolina's solid, but uh, I still think I think the Bucks came in at number two in that division and get a wild card spot okay. um, as they as they go through it. I still I don't think Carolina can. Uh, can make the improvements that they need to to uh, jump up those spots, even with uh, that Superman of Christian McCaffrey. So, no thoughts on the Falcons? You don't think they have any chance? No. So they um, they got Todd Gurley, right? That yeah. that, that was one of their big yeah. pickups. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, gosh, Matt Ryan just like looks too much of like my pastor at uh, at the church I go to once a year. And um and I just don't have any faith in, in that pastor, so therefore Ooh, no, I just I, I, Shots I don't give know you I some just, words with the faith. Shots I know, I know. It's it, I'm just unfaithful with it. He doesn't make me feel uh, instill the confidence that uh, he doesn't inject you know, with the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't get that. Fu- I don't get that fuzzy feeling, you know, down in my soul. 
um, when I think about the Falcons, especially Matt Ryan. Um, I think Gurley's great. I, I, I like his knee, but uh, and I love Julio Jones. Julio is my man. Um, I just don't think that defense can hold up uh, to some of the high-powered offenses within that division, and uh, I don't think they can pull, can pull through with it. Wait. But I mean, that, Trevor, Trevor Kurtz calling in. I'm going to bring him on the <laughs> air with us. Hold on one second. Please enter your password. Then oh. press pound. Oh no! Okay, we missed him. Whoop! We missed him. Sorry. Well, we missed that boat. But I think this is going to be something that we're just going to start doing at the end of the podcast, which is where we just start prank calling people. And I got one more guy I want to prank call. He's a guy I know pretty well. Hey, Cruiser. Dude, you are live on the Sports Memory Podcast. I am. You are. Oh, gosh. So. I'm honored. I know. You should be honored. Hey, we got some questions for you. Okay. So, what are the Vikings' chances this year winning the Super Bowl? I would say they are 14 to 1. 14 to 1? Is that the exact Vegas odds? No, I don't know, but that's what basically where I put them. I think they are uh, better than a lot of people think that they're going to be. <laughs> and, and why do you think they'll be better than last year after losing all the starters we did? Because I think we've replenished. I think our offense is going to be more effective. I think the cornerbacks that we had in, in uh, air quotes backup roles are outstanding athletes. And... Um, and uh, we maintained Harris in the in the defensive backfield. The only thing I, I you know the biggest concern I have is edge rusher and perhaps interior defensive line. I think our offensive line is going to be better. Now, granted, all this is based on on uh, how badly affected our rookies are going to be from not having any kind of uh, familiarization with, you know, without being able to work out and train with the team. Right. So, but I'm, I'm every year, I'm always, you know, uh, optimistic. <laughs> is this, is this Kirk Cousins year? I actually think it will be. Yeah. I think it will be. I really do. I think, because they've uh, uh, they've got, what I believe what a lot of people are saying could be the breakout uh, wide receiver from the rookie class this year, uh, and I mean capable of um, replacing Stephon Diggs, who by the way kind of pissed me off last season. I don't know why he seemed like a baby, right? And um, so. In the running game, Madison, you know, I, I mean, I mean, as a second running back, I can't think of a better running back to have than Madison. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Wait, how do you think the defense is going to perform this year? I think they're going to be just fine. Would you not agree I that they were, they were probably the Vikings' weakness last year in a weird way? Yeah. 
they were. And, and, and look who we got rid of the people that were the weakest and there were our quarterback situation. Right. Right. You know, I mean, uh, it, it's, what was it? It was a Hughes or Hill. Which one came in for his very first play on it, it, uh, in the regular season, I, I, I and, and got an interception. You remember that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted it, it. They brought somebody got hurt. I believe it was Rhodes, who was always hurt. Got put it out, and they put in. I don't want. I want to say it's Mike Hughes, but I'm not gonna. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was Holton Hill. What would you what 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 would you say is going to be the Vikings' record this year? I'm going to say 11 and 5. 11 and 5. Yep. I can get with that. I'd say 11 and 5, 12 and 4. You think we win the division? Oh, yes. I definitely think we're going to win the division. Green Bay is a basket case now. They're, they're, they're messed up. So, agreed. Uh, Chicago, they're trying to find themselves. Detroit, well, they just never have gotten together. So, well, Dad, yes, I think we'll win the division. Your time is over. We're randomly calling people and asking them about their teams. I love you, man. Have a good night. All right. So, I only have one more person on my list. And I will edit this, by the way. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll edit this. Which one? Please enjoy this Verizon ringback tone while your party is reached. <laughs> Hey, Cruiser. Macy. Party. How are you? I am well. We're looking at old pictures. Good. I thought yeah, you, what are you doing? I thought you'd probably be doing that. Yeah, <laughs> we are. You know, every time you call, we're always looking at old pictures. We yeah, got dude. Suki and I. Suki's like birth pictures and all the way through our wedding. And anyway, really exciting things to relay upon you. What's going on, my friend? They're really exciting things for sure. So you are yeah. live on the Sports Memory Podcast right now. Wow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. And we wanted to bring you in as a Broncos, a Denver Broncos expert, completely impromptu. Okay. So tell us about the Denver Broncos outlook the season. How, how, how are they looking this year? Well, I would say this is called a go-for-broke year, okay? Okay. We haven't been very good, um, as you well know. However, we are in a position where John Elway, I believe, on his contract, and he is going for broke. So what does he do? We have a terrible offense, right? Right. So he goes out. He gets uh, Ingram from... Uh, running back from uh, the Chargers, sure. paid him a lot of money. Yep. Um, not quite sure about that one, but he's a good catcher out of the backfield. Then we go get some of the fastest receivers in football, uh, KJ Hamler, who might have run a four two forty, but he can't catch. Okay, but we're thinking <laughs> we're going to teach him how to catch. And we got uh, Jerry Judy out of Alabama. Um, we also got a tight end out of Missouri that Drew Locke used to throw to. And so everything was built around Drew Locke other than the offensive line. 
Right. And the offensive line is going to be struggling, which usually translates to not a very good year. But it's called going for broke because you got a lot of talent on the offense. So are you a fan of Drew Locke or no? Do you think he's a guy? Um, I think he's too new to rate. I think what I saw of him was pretty good. Right. But he's a, gun, he's a gunslinger. I think he's the kind of guy that you're going to love him or he's going to break your heart. Sure. Sure. So what realistically, you know, obviously the Chiefs in that division, where, where do you think you guys rank? Well, we're way, way, way behind the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with that. Everybody is. Say, yeah. Um, I would say uh, outside of the Chiefs, we have, we have as good a shot as anybody to get second place in that division. So the problem is, is you have to play the Chiefs twice, and we have to still win six games, which means you have to sweep some other teams. So you have to sweep the Raiders and the Chargers, and uh, am I saying that right? I believe that's right. <clears throat> so you pretty much have to sweep them, and then you will uh, have a fighting chance. Sure. Cool. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, that's the. Hey, uh, you know what? Let, let me tell you something. I feel really important because I know this is going worldwide, and I just want to be famous. It is. It's very worldwide. You're very famous right now. Dozens <laughs> of people awesome. are listening to you right now. Dozens. This is so cool. <laughs> can I tell my mom in Iowa about it? Yes, you can. Of course you can, okay. Macy. Okay. Okay. Yep. Well, yep. go go Broncos. We are so excited, although we're uh, probably not going to be that good, but you know, we'll maybe have something really exciting to cheer about. Hell yeah. I think you will. I there think you, you will. Well, Macy, thank you so much for your quick hit on the Broncos. Hey, no worries, man. You guys, peace out. Peace, love, and Bobby Sherman. Yes, sir. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, that was weird. Yeah. Um, So I think we're going to keep that portion of the show. Sure. Um, Obviously, you know, I'm going to edit that one down. But uh, I like it. You kind of just get... Give people off guard who you yeah. know is like a fan and like you just ask them questions that they're completely unprepared for. I think we're going to keep that on the show. All right, guys. Well, it's about that time. Um, Derek, thank you for coming out of the cave. Definitely. And coming out with us yeah. today. Um, dude, we see a light at the end of the tunnel. I hope you all can see it. NHL is coming back. MLB, not so much. Not so much. Not so much. But you got the NBA. You know, the the NFL getting gung-ho as shit, saying they're going to have 100% attendance. There's a lot to be excited about, guys. Sports are coming. Literally. And fucking A. As a sports meme website, is there anything more you could ask for? No. We've uh, we've been desperately waiting for sports. Yes. We need sports. We need, we need uh, the sports <laughs> meme where he functions a lot better with live yeah. sports. Uh, dude, it's weird that the sports meme would function better with sports, but here we are. Yeah. Um, if you've stuck with us for the last couple months, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. We've had thousands of new followers in the next couple, last couple months without sports. We are much better with sports, I assure you. It's amazing how much better we are with sports. Yes. So, but I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna bring this back weekly. We are. Yeah. Podcast coming back weekly. 
So we're going to start doing this on a more frequent cadence. Um, whatever news there is out there, even if it's not sports related, we're going to continue to talk about it. Please join us on a weekly basis. Follow us on the Sports Memory Podcast. And uh, Derek, any closing thoughts? That's it, man. Just excited to be doing this again. Hopefully, you know, obviously content driving from uh, live sports, but uh, for sure. That's it. Once live sports comes back, it's on like Doggy Con. That's it. But hey, guys. We out. Thank you so much. Sports Memory out. Sports Memory out.